0: The only podcast that tastes better when paired with wine. You're now listening to the exclamation mark.
1: Welcome to the Exclamation Mark podcast, the only podcast that tastes better when paired with the appropriate wine offering. My name is Crofton Steers. I am the android of this podcast, if you will. And with me, as always, is the iOS of the podcast. I'm talking about Bo Schwartz. Hello, Crofton. How may I help you today? Yes. <coughs> didn't. Uh- yes.
0: I don't think I can help you with that, Crofton. Damn you, genius bar Siri! Did it? I know you are, but what am I? Here's the results I found. Ah, All
1: I'm, right. so I'm doing glad. a real bad
0: Siri impression. You're not giving me much to work with. You should have insulted me harder, because then I would have told I'm,
1: you I'm, to I'm F so, off. So happy to be done with this. The context for you, good <laughs> listeners who are joining, uh, is the fact that after many years of indentured servitude to my Apple overlords, I have broken free and today procured an Android phone. Uh, it, it's a, a Galaxy S7 or something. It's the latest hotness in the uh, the Galaxy market. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just putting it through its paces. So far, so good. I'm so, liking it, Bo.
0: So which version of Galaxy? This is a Galaxy S. The so like Galaxy S7, so, seven, so okay. S-
1: S- Samsung. It's called the S7. It's uh-huh. like, so it's it's get it's the latest hotness. It's better than the iPhone, the latest one that's out, of course. Then there'll be a new iPhone, and it'll be better. Um, but it's uh, it's pretty good. Like, I mean, it's I, I'm liking it. And uh, my last two iPhones have been like defective, defective. Like the mm-hmm. buttons stop working and all oh, sorts weird. of stuff. And so I'm excited, Bo. Well, what's the
0: the killer feature? You know, what's the killer feature uh, that would make you want to get this Android stuff switching over? You're defecting, basically, from the nation of uh, Apple.
1: I would say that... For a long time, they lock you into their closed gardens, right? So especially Apple, they want you to use Apple everything. And for a long time, all my music existed on iTunes. Mm -hmm. and, And I had my apps that I bought and I had all that sort of stuff. And so I didn't want to leave it. But as time went on and it became... More clear that it was not fitting into my system. So I got Windows PCs. Mm-hmm. I don't have Apple piece uh, Apple PCs. I don't have like a an Apple TV or anything like. Right. I, I, all the pieces. I have a PlayStation. All the pieces in my in my home network. The the, the Apple device, the iPhone, just didn't want to play nice. And and this this device has just slipped in. Like you know. My hand to a sweet glove. Okay, <laughs> it fits perfectly. Wonder, oh, was wondering it's, where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah. So any, anyway, I'd say that for me, that's that's the 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 big features that fits okay. in really well with the network. But because of stuff like Spotify and other things, I'm no longer a slave to the Apple ecosystem based on right. previous purchases. Like I looked at what I did with my iPhone, and I I wasn't using you know proprietary Apple apps. I wasn't using, like, things that I couldn't get elsewhere. And the music thing was a non-issue now with my Spotify music listening. So I was like, now's the time to make the jump. Are you with me, people? Are you with me? Let us jump together. Well, I hope it works out real well for you. I know I had an Android
0: uh, for a while. I think it was the Nexus Android, actually. And I liked it. So I switched over mainly. And it's funny because we talked about this. I switched over mainly to, to... ios because of the group text the iMessage alone was just way more convenient because everyone else had an iphone i know so now you've chosen to purposely isolate yourself from the people in the ios environment however we live in a post slack world now so i think we're gonna be okay
1: also, Bo, you're underestimating the fact that I'm incredibly popular, uh, <laughs> okay. and people will. It's bend true, I've underestimated backwards. this greatly. <laughs> people will bend over backwards to communicate with me. You know, they'll be okay. like, "What well, do I have to do, Croft?" And tell me, and I'll, and I will tell them, uh, and they will, they will do it, and we will all get along well. So, it's, yeah, uh, I, I saw optimist. that tweet by the other day. You know, because you don't tweet very often, so when you do, it's always
0: a notable event in my life. And you took the time to tell everyone. How amazing you are! <laughs> By the way, followers, I'm the best thing on Twitter. Is it's, I think what it's you true.
1: Said. I just wanted them to realize that All because right. sometimes I feel like I'm taken for granted, just like we're taking our listeners for granted right now. Yeah. Listeners, this is a bit self indulgent. Know- you want to hear about video games and I've spent all this time talking about my phone but you know what I bet at first you were annoyed and then you are like he's so damn likable let's just listen to him talk about his phone <laughs> uh, but but without okay. further ado let's move into video games But what's the first thing we do here
0: uh, well it's a little segment that Crofton likes to call readme.txt
1: Ooh. well done mm. The TXT. In the news, Crofting gets a new phone.
0: No. <laughs> no, no, no. We've talked about this. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> We're done here. No one cares, as of this moment for it, no one gives a shit about your phone. <laughs> Sorry. Too harsh? My wife's using it right now and enjoying it. Oh, okay. Well, um, what do we have for the news? I think um, you have a little note here that is positively yeah enigmatic so it sounds
1: me. like uh sounds like there's been a big shake-up in the world of Diablo Bo, why don't uh-, uh
0: yeah so the big news is that um Josh musquera I believe is his name I already pronounced it wrong Josh M- mascara mascara mu mascara. mascara Josh mascara <laughs> Josh. M O S Q U E I R A. musquera J- I believe is the name anyways What's he the, do, Bo? So he's the, um, he's the lead, I believe. I don't know the exact game director would be his title. Um, uh, he On Diablo 3. Notably, he came in post-Diablo 3 as game director replacing Jay Wilson. You know, when the auction house got axed and a lot of the things... He's sort of given credit for making d- taking out a lot of the crap that Diablo 3 people didn't like and putting in a lot of stuff people did really
1: like. And um, he's left. So... Wait, was uh, he the guy... There was there was a, a guy who was literally feuding with the person who had previously worked on, like, Diablo 2 and stuff no, like that. No, that's Jay Wilson. So Jay Wilson's a long-standing
0: employee who also left, actually, to become a novelist. But he's, he, I think he was over a decade. You know, he's on the WoW team. And so Jay Wilson's been there for a while, although Jay Wilson's been on record as also being anti-Auction uh, House. So there's that. But... He sort of, get, I think he got a little bit of crap slung his way because he was the developer up until launch. But it's kind of unfortunate because I think people, if you're a Diablo player, first of all, you're kind of thinking about when's 4 coming out? Is there a new expansion coming out? What's going on with this game? Because it was, in spite of all the trash people talk about uh, this game, you know, Path of Exile's is better, it's too like casual now. Um, the game sold really well, both the ex- expansion and the main game. So it seems crazy that we wouldn't get another game in the genre or just another franchise game. But, um, it's kind of. Look at all the time it took between two and three. Yeah, but it's Blizzard. It takes tons of time to get stuff out. So it could just be that we're just going to hear about something now. But I don't know. It's weird that this, you know, this guy, Josh Masquera, people really. Masquera? Let's say (laughs) Masquera. He just hung up on his name. I can't say it. He's credited with, um,. You know doing a lot of good for the game, so it 's kind of sad to see him go because we Diablo players want something new, and i wouldn 't mind that guy being at the helm of it. it. A lot of good things happened
1: under his watch so so the, the bottom line have to replace him with somebody completely new, so they're probably a long way from a new Diablo game is what you 're saying
0: yeah well, I mean it 's been two years since the last expansion, so we're figure like i 'm figuring we hear something soon about more content for Diablo Three. Otherwise, I think we're looking at a Diablo 4. What makes me sad about it is that I think Diablo 3 was created like a decade later, and there's a lot of lessons to be learned on Diablo 3. So you're kind of hoping that, well, Diablo 3 was a certain type of game, and Diablo 4 will be better based on the iter- iterative nature of like Blizzard games. So it just sucks to have like that guy leave, because I think that guy can't, was... Swung along with all the positive implementation that happened around Reaper of Souls. So, yeah.
1: see, I see, I see Blizzard as building, and and when I'm on Battle.net, it reinforces this as building platforms. So I've always seen D- D- Diablo three less as a game as. as as much as I've seen it as the Diablo platform, meaning that it's it's like that's where there yeah there's a campaign whatever then there's then there's expansion and all this but then there's like seasons and they keep adding stuff and they keep add, just like they do to you know the Overwatch platform yeah. do they they do it to all these things so to release something new and call it like a new game like with StarCraft they they drew the line in the sand at the beginning they said okay StarCraft two we're releasing it in three parts. Which is essentially code, Blizzard's code, for saying we're going to put out a sequel in an appropriate amount of time, i.e. every two years instead of every ten years. But when they don't do that, I just assume the next official sequel in the the series is going to come, like, in ten years or whatever. So I expect another expansion to Diablo 3 before I would expect a Diablo 4 announcement, but I don't know. I could be
0: it's it could it's,
1: be our base it could be it could be it could go either way it doesn't to me
0: seem like a good time to release um a sequel that being said it feels like there isn't anything much in development on the diablo front for such a um successful game and at a time when the company is like cuz there's been a lot of you know oh, we're trying to catch up to the WoW thing so we can develop other things in terms of their internal resources, where now they're finally able to publish other games and support them in a meaningful way. So, um, yeah, Gamescom this year, kind of hoping we hear some news about Diablo, to be honest. Gamescom is, I think, where we usually hear stuff. So,
1: Well, so. you raised an interesting point, Bo. So here's, here's the thing. It's like E3's just passed... Um, You and I sort of compared notes during our big E3 show a a few weeks back and some of our most anticipated games, the XCOMs, the Uncharted 4s, Overwatch, they've all been released. And yet we have what is traditionally the busiest part of the year left to go. Mm -hmm. And um, I started thinking about it after E3 because E3 – could still shake up the fall schedule. Like before E3, you you don't know officially what's coming in the fall. Like before E3 last year, there was no Fallout Four, and then it became the definitive game in the fall season. So you want to wait till after E3 to look at sort of the rest of the year. But I went and I pulled out some of the big releases uh, that are that are e- coming the rest of the year, and I thought it'd be neat to go through them just real quickly, each one and sit and gauge. Our anticipation level. So, if you want to say, if you want to give it a one to ten, or if you want to say just like really anticipated, couldn't give a shit, whatever, feel free to do so. But let's say five. Was, ten is a big scale. Let's say five exclamation marks. All right, five exclamation marks. Or and here's, here's the thing about each of them too. I, I will. I will say when I started doing this exercise. I thought that there was nothing this fall that I gave a shit about, okay? All right. And and then I, I did it and I was like, wait a minute. There's more stuff coming than I thought or more items uh, that that um, that I'm interested in. That said, I don't see anything in the pipe that may be a big surprise to me. Mm-hmm. and I obviously haven't highlighted every game. It's just the, just the ones that are sort of bigger and that I know that either of us have an interest in. So let's start with August because honestly, with the Banner Saga 2 out in July – there's not really much else that I I saw in July that's coming in tr- terms of big releases for that would appeal to either of us, unless it's a surprise or something. Uh, Mighty Number no. Nine came out to uh, mass disappointment, but aside from that, <laughs> okay. August. So August we have No Man's Sky that is supposed to come out in August. Uh, again, it's been delayed a zillion times. You know, giant open world. Bo, interest in No Man's Sky. What do you think?
0: Mm-hmm. One exclamation mark. i got to be honest with you, I was stoked at first, but...
1: Since your lowest level of interest.
0: The reason for low level of interest is I'm sort of, I like Elite Dangerous. I kind of, when I get a chance, want to get the X back and get back to that world. And I'm also still got my ears to the floor about what's going on with Star Citizen. So, this seems like another kind of game like that. So, I'm waiting to see what people say about it. That the the I'm, pre the pre launch hype is low
1: because I'm like, it looks cool, but no. Okay, me. that those looks are cool. good reasons. Like it's it's in a market that you think is oversaturated for you already. For me, I'm totally copping out in a way and giving it three exclamation marks. I am I am ex- I'm nervously excited for it in the sense that like if it does what it says, what it promises, I feel like I'm going to really enjoy it. But I also am someone that really loves narrative structure, good stories in games, scripted escapism in this. Mm -hmm. And this game, like while there seems to be an objective, get to the center of the universe, it doesn't – aside from that, it it seems kind of open but in a way that it may grow to be repetitive or not very involving after you do a little exploring. I could be wrong. I don't know. But I'm going to say three stars. Three exclamation marks. All right. Next game. Uh, August 23rd, so No Man's Sky was August 9th, now we're jumping to August 23rd, uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided. Five exclamation
0: marks, dude, that is like the game for me. The game, it is the game.
1: Okay, I'm going to give it five exclamation marks as well, although I temper that with the fact that I I feel that um, time... His, I, I don't want to say ha, has not been kind to the last one, but both it and Dishonored w- operate in these smaller worlds. Like they're not open world. They don't have a zillion NPCs walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they really seem limited. What seemed really grandiose in 2000, now in 2016, seems rather limited. And what I've seen from uh, Mankind Divided is it does seem like it has better graphics than the last one, but... I, I'm, I'm curious if, in a world of like watchdogs and some of these giant scope games, if if Deus Ex is gonna is gonna well, feel limited when we, we get our hands. We've talked on
0: about it. open world, big and buggy versus what is it, uh, short and turfs. Like like, there's an yeah. element of Deus Ex that where I might appreciate that it's not open world because it's guiding the narrative a little more stricter, and where the openness is is in how the is in the choice tree of the dialogue that's always my favorite part is using my pheromones to impact conversations with people i think the conversation stuff's really cool so five exclamation marks for me i'm i need to play that game
1: i'm pretty stoked about it to be honest uh it but i i do recognize that it's following up on something that was an open-ended game with multiple choices and now it's 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 there's a lot of like little things that, that could potentially go wrong, but I'm I'm hoping that all will go all will go well for Deus Ex: Mankind Divided September. So um, I put this on here because honestly, I did not even know this was coming out. Mm-hmm. But on September 6th, XCOM 2 is coming to PS4 and Xbox One. Oh, so so uh, and and that's less of an exclamation mark thing because it's already out for us, but. I... I just thought it like all the interviews surrounding XCOM 2 were like how it could only be done on PC and that's why it was a PC first and all this. I feel like either they didn't sell properly on PC or this was the plan all along and they were just, you know, speaking out of both sides of their mouth. But either way, it's like – I mean it's exciting for console only gamers and xcom 2 even though i haven't played it is still i'd say a three three exclamation marks for me for xcom 2 i'm excited i i will be interested in playing it but i'm not like if i'd really wanted to play it i would have played it already yeah yeah
0: I, i'm looking forward to xcom 2 actually it's just it's a matter of finding time i've limited gaming time it's not a priority but i know that so, that game got rave reviews xcom 2 and yeah and I, I love the first one. The second one sounds like it's right up my alley. So I can't wait to sink my teeth into it when I do get an opportunity
1: to. Okay, Recore, September thirteenth. This was an Xbox One exclusive. It's made by the guy who made Metroid Prime. Looks kind of science fictiony. Have you seen this at all? I this did. girl I saw the trailer, do- there E3, robot dog. Yeah,
0: there was an E three thing. E three thing. Yeah. On the surface, it didn't put my hype up, but it could be one of those things where the gameplay is really good. So, I think it's leaning on that, in my opinion. They, they look cool, but I wasn't excited give for it. it. Two exclamation marks.
1: Yeah, and the two reason, is right. I'm with you on two exclamation marks. And the reason I don't want to say one is because I feel like it has the potential to surprise big time and so I don't want to I don't want to be look back on this later and be like god I undersold <laughs> that game entirely now, now,
0: so quick quick aside um, are we doing X packs at all on this list just because wild Legion's coming out in August
1: and no it's I have it down on my list here on as October 30th
0: no I think it's coming out this summer if I'm not mistaken
1: so well I I this was a month ago this list uh, in if the date changed in the last month uh, right let right now if I'm
0: not on crack here I'm So yeah. All right, we'll move on and we'll get to the bottom of that one in a second.
1: Yes, yeah, if you wanted to uh to check up on it, but I'm pretty confident that it's October 30th. Um so uh so yeah, S- September uh, 6 uh, was XCOM, uh, 13th was ReCore, September 30th Final Fantasy 15.
0: September 30th Final Fantasy 15.
1: Yeah, as not, as a
0: non-console owner, I'm trying not to be excited for this. However, the game does look... Final Fantasy's got a pedigree. I, it always has my curiosity. What what concerns me with it is that the battle system might not be fun. Like, like it's fun, but it's not that fun, if that makes sense. Like, I really liked Final Fantasy 13, for example. But the battle system is like, eh, it's not that great, you know? So...
1: I don't know. These these Three exclamation seemingly marks. have spent a lot of time and money on this game and it, it makes me a bit concerned um for the you know the final product. I know they have a lot on the line. I also know I have not played any of the Final Fantasy 13s. Um I haven't played I really haven't gotten into a Final Fantasy for a, a long long time and I would love to be pleasantly surprised, but I feel like Final Fantasy hasn't aged along with me. Um, and 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 now, like I kind of wince when I when I see some of the stories or or, or I play through it. Now all this is going to be like these guys on a road trip and and that and uh, I don't know. Like it it could be awesome, and I love games with massive production values. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and and say Final Fantasy Fifteen four exclamation marks out of five. Not gonna go full five.
0: That's fair. I'm on I'm on the four train too. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll join train. you on the Fortran. Um, notably, there's also a feature film alongside the that, that game. and that King's Glaive, the... I believe it's called. Uh, that might do a lot to help shape... Because I think it takes place in the past, so it sets the groundwork for the game, which is interesting. So
1: Maybe. I don't normally buy into that extended universe stuff unless I'm really into a game and then want to learn more about it. Final Fantasy always peppers it with like all this crazy crap. Square Enix is horrible with that with the kingdom hearts as well there's like Mm -hmm. kingdom hearts recore 7.3 you know like it's just ridiculous anyway okay october october is essentially the mega month it's loaded loaded to bear it always is it's it's where games release so that they can sell in the christmas season so first october 7th mafia 3 mafia 3 i've listened to a lot of podcasts a lot of reviews uh uh, uh, or impressions coming out of E3 mm-hmm. about uh, Mafia 3 and a lot of people have it on their most disappointed list mm. uh, most disappointed showing and all that that has tempered my excitement for it although I feel like Mafia 1 and 2 have always been underappreciated um, and I feel like this I, I, again this might be a case of it being underappreciated but it, Mafia 3 was a 5 star for me and it's now it's now a 3 star based on that Stars? you mean so, exclamation points the 3 exclamation marks of course bo
0: that's i or maybe well, is it 3 interrogation marks just because you're not sure oh,
1: <laughs> oh i see what you did there it's exclamation marks don't ever do that again bo okay. um sorry so so but yeah mafia mafia 3 is 3 for me hmm.
0: you uh 1 i, I just not in I, I never got hooked into the mafia i haven't even played no, one so it's fair enough yeah
1: gears of gears of war 4 October 11th, right now scheduled for Xbox One. Although they announced the cross, but I don't, I don't know if that means the PC version will release same day and date. But there will be a PC version. Um, anyway, uh, Gears of War 4, October 11th. Give it a rating.
0: Uh, I give it. Oh, it's tough. I give it like, it's three, three. I, I love the Gears of War franchise, but I feel like I'm, I'm done with it like i don't doubt there's nothing i see about this game that says to me like wow you need to play play this and it could just be that i have other games that i prefer more and there's nothing wrong with this game because i know it's going to be good like i know it's going to deliver on the gears of war thing i think for me there's nothing here that's going to draw me there's nothing here that excites me
1: you know yeah. No, I, I I understand and like honestly, we've talked about Gears a bit b- before. I've only played I own Gears three. I've only played the campaign once. I, I've never played the Gears of War Judgment game. Uh, there's enough Gears out there that I could potentially play. I'm like you. I loved it. I feel like maybe its moment is past. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say three stars. I really feel if I picked it up and played it, I would have a I would have a really good time. But I don't know if I'm you know I don't know if I'm gonna. Depends what I'm up to around that launch time. If if I'm not invested in another game, it's, maybe I pick it up. It's not a must play. It's too much of a known quantity.
0: If that makes sense,
1: yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. I get I get what you're saying. They don't appear to be trying much new there. Yeah. So October thirteenth is the release of PlayStation VR, and with it, there's a bunch of PlayStation VRE type. Thi- um, mini games like there's there's Hypno Cube or Hyper Cube something and a couple of others but nothing that is like it, to me appears like a meat and potatoes game for PlayStation VR that's going to knock your socks off. Uh Batman VR was the big interesting one but it doesn't have a date yet. I'm assuming it's going to launch near PlayStation VR because uh, uh really there's there's they've said it's a one hour experience or something so I mean like they're if they release it much afterwards, maybe the enthusiasm would die down. But so PlayStation VR, I'm going to give uh, – I'm excited to see what it's going to do to the VR space at launch. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, it's not necessarily going to be my chosen poison. But I really want to play um, a, a, v, a great VR experience. And I feel like ever since the big releases earlier this year, everything's stagnated. So I'm going to say PlayStation VR is a four exclamation mark for me. Because yeah. I want, I want, I want something to happen in that space. Sure. For me, for me, it's uh, zero
0: because it's simply because I don't own a console, I don't have plans to buy one. So I'm yeah, excited I... for you. I have four exclamation marks of excitement for your purchase of a PlayStation VR Morpheus whatever. And hey, wait, did you buy the Vive yet? Have you
1: Have you taken the dive? The dive? No, no, I haven't bought the Vive yet. It's funny when I was buying my Samsung hmm. today. Under the counter, they had the the Gear VR or mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. and I was real tempted. I was like, oh, if I had, wasn't dropping so much money in that today on the phones, I was like, oh, maybe I get a Gear VR at the same time. Yeah. But I did not. Yeah,
0: get the get the get the high end stuff. If you're gonna drop mad cash.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's but I think it's like a hundred bucks for the Gear VR. It Feels huh? like it. would Yeah, be, but
0: like I don't. I haven't tried it, but it seems to me like it's the garbage version of
1: the experience. You know, Potentially. But I haven't tried I it, have, so I could. it could be just I have, me being... And I have the best phone of that. Like, I would be getting the best garbage, if you will. Sure, um, sure.
0: But it's just... I feel like if you're going to get the headset experience, to me, it seems vibes where it's at. So, I don't know.
1: Okay. October 21st, we've got two big games, both of them historical representations or whatever. Mm. And, and, and both of them going to involve Bo and I going in different directions. Let's start with Battlefield 1, October 21st. Bo. Two exclamation marks. Yeah, I'm going to give that four exclamation marks. I I thought about this a lot because like uh, I I was... um, I don't play any of the Battlefield games, and I don't even know if I'll play this one. But I am really into World War One, hmm. and uh, I I feel like that this this has potential. I watched a lot of the E3 footage and and that, and so I'm I'm pretty hmm. excited for it. Hmm. That right. said, that's we'll fair see. enough. I, I dig
0: that I dig the World War One theme as well. It isn't like a super machine gun technology. Like I kind of like the the you know the idea that the guns are difficult to use.
1: October twenty first is also the release date of Civilization Six. Oh,
0: five exclamation marks! Easy, enough said. Don't even okay, to say anything. It's called exc- Civilization. One exclamation
1: <laughs> mark here. One uh, and uh, and yeah, no. I, I, if you've ever listened to the show before, you know Bo and I go different ways in Civilization, and I know that for a lot of people, Civ Six is probably their game they look forward to all year the other thing is i feel like it was announced this year i could be wrong yep
0: it was so it's I'm pretty sure. it's a pretty
1: quick turnaround well i mean they've been
0: if you think about the development cycle like i don't know if the Civ team is necessarily once five gets released they may already be starting to work on six and have their x team working on you know what i mean they don't need the whole company working on Civ five and the x-packs
1: right I just don't understand how it can be, like, how's it going to be so different or better than Civ 5? You know, it's just going to be a...
0: Well, it's not uh, George Washington anymore. Who do they have? Oh, it was someone notable, someone weird that they have for America, the leader this time. Wait, this is important because I think it's someone weird. Abraham Lincoln? Benjamin no, Franklin? No. Donald Trump? Oh, it might be ben is, is it Donald Trump? American Mitt Romney. <laughs> You're super funny. Um,. Theodore Roosevelt, I think.
1: Oh, sweet. He's the manliest yeah. man of all time.
0: Yeah. Man. Uh, yeah, it, the, it is, I think it is Theodore Roosevelt. That's why it's like... I think there's a new not, coat of paint getting put on it,
1: and it's going to be pretty good. I just raised it to two star, Two exclamations <laughs> based on Theodore Roosevelt. All right. October 25th, The Last Guardian, which is the long gestation uh, follow-up to... Spiritual predecessors, the Shadow, of the Colossus, and Ico, Eco, whatever, t- on on PlayStation Two. So it, yeah, it was originally scheduled for the PlayStation Three. Mm-hmm. Went all the way through that life cycle. Is now coming out on PS Four. Bo, uh, um,
0: kind of. Ch- I don't don't play console, so two exclamation marks. But did, have a-
1: you have you played the other two?
0: Barely. At okay. a friend's house, I, trying the game. I, like I, I know how. Both. I know the excellence and pedigree. So I feel like. I feel like it's just because I'm not a console player. It's just I'm I not played them be playing both,
1: it. and I was very invested in them. And and, and but Mike Hodges uh, are, are uh, co co-hosting buddy from Good, Bad, or Bullshit, he was really into Ico in particular and mm. just like, he was able I think it was a video game that elicited emotional response from him and that's what they're they're so good at doing and so I'm really interested in seeing how this captures, uh, captures that same feeling I don't think it's a blockbuster in the traditional sense, but for a certain subset of gamers I think that it's going to be a a big one. So I'm going yeah. to say it's a, for me. It's a four exclamation mark, and and I've given other games four here that I'm not convinced that I'll play. I am absolutely convinced I will at least play this game at one point. Um, so that uh, and there's very few games on this list that I can say so far for sure that it's a guaranteed must play. But uh, this this is a, a one I will definitely play. I just don't feel passionate enough about it to give it that fifth. That magical fifth exclamation mark! All right, well, you got to earn that
0: last exclamation mark. It's valuable.
1: Titanfall Two, October twenty eighth. Mm, it looks cool. It's the game looks campaign. real cool.
0: Three exclamation marks.
1: It's got a campaign this time. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I just it is it is occupying the same sphere of my brain that. Call of Duty and that Battlefield normally occupy, which is that I don't normally give a shit unless it's doing something different sphere because it's just a competitive shooter. Mm-hmm. And uh, Battlefield busted through that this year with the World War One, But Titanfall, I'm just like, I didn't play Titanfall one, It never attracted me that much. So hmm. I'm going to have to go and say one exclamation mark for me. All right, all right. I could be pleasantly pleasantly I just uh, dig surprised. the big robots
0: and the wall-humping. I just that stuff's cool to me, so I'm I'm like could make me try it someday. But like you, I discriminate against it because I'm a Call of Duty racist. Sorry.
1: October 30th World of Warcraft Legion expansion pack. Right. So
0: I did in the interim confirm, I think it's actually coming out August 30th, but that date's been up in the air for a little while. Certainly, you can play the beta now if you think if you buy it. So, um th- you know, I've got a lot on my plate right now gaming wise, like excitement level for exclamation marks. I don't know that I'll get in on, on game date, partly because my time is very much occupied by heroes of the storm these days. Um, but I am, I am a world of Warcraft player. I enjoy that universe in the story and I love getting in at launch time to play the new contents. So, um, we're going to see a lot more Illidan and that's great. And I think Gul'dan's going to be a factor and Varian and so like all the great characters and that ongoing story are going to be part of it. So for that alone, I am interested in it. But um, yeah, the game is, you know, starting to get long in the tooth. The engine, you know, they're constantly working on it, but at the same time, it does feel like a dated experience. So, uh, but I'm still, I'm I'm, I'm invested in that, that game franchise. So I say four.
1: So I'm going to say zero for the, same, <laughs> for the same reason that Bo gave a console game zero earlier. I just I've never played World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously not going to jump in now. It, so uh, yeah, zero. I will say that I am surprised that they didn't try to sync release dates up with the Warcraft movie somehow. Like I, I mean, it's if, especially if it comes out in August. That's not so far after the movie release. Like I, it just seems like there was some some marketing miraculousness that could have happened there, but it it did not. Instead, there'll be a gap. Maybe they can sync it with the release of the Blu-ray. I
0: think they they smartly kind of dodged it in hindsight now because the Warcraft movie, not well received. It was good, but it was not well received, at least in the States. China loves the thing. You go to China, you ask somebody there, Hey, do you like, did you like the Warcraft movie? They'll tell you that was a great movie. We gave it all of our money. You walk around here, people are like, geez, it's the battlefield Earth of our generation." It's like, "Whoa!" First of all, it isn't. You're. Get, it's just there's a there's a real hipsterdom about hating CG stuff if it isn't like perfect. Um, but this it was good. I don't know if did we talk about the film on the show. Did yeah, we, do, we, did. we did. We did I give I, it oh, my maybe review not
1: on the show. None not that we show. need to
0: get into it right now, but it on the whole, it served Warcraft fans really well, and Guldan was awesome. But I think. Based on the reception of it, it makes sense to sort of desync it a little
1: bit. Well, uh, I, I, don't like- I don't know. Like, the thing is, if you're, you're saying that it – and you've said this to me before, that it was designed for fans or to appeal to fans. There's a lot, a lot of lapsed World of Warcraft fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and would would it – like, if you're watching it, is it – an the idea would be that it would reintroduce you or, or, or make you excited. Like you'd walk out of there and be like, yeah, Warcraft, fuck yeah. I want to play that game again. I have a lapsed account or whatever. Um, and so that's like – you know, there's if people like me who don't play World of Warcraft shit all over, it doesn't really make any difference because I'm not going to play World of Warcraft. But it may convince a lapsed player. So that's why I just don't understand that. I'm, I'm a lapsed player? didn't resub to World of
0: Warcraft. So, you know, it really it's an enjoyment of the IP, but it's not there isn't anything so gamey in there that you're like, "Man, it makes me want to play the game." You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. And a lot of what it covered is not World of Warcraft. It's I mean, it it'll tie into it eventually, but it's the Warcraft narrative from the RTS. Like they haven't mm-hmm. even got to the Warcraft 3 stuff. It's so it's so far back at the point of origination. That it's, it's also hard to be like, you're not going to experience anything from the movie if you go play World of Warcraft, basically. Except see Thrall. you see Thrall. Thrall, you know, we see Thrall being born in this film. Spoilers. I got to tell you, though, the opening of Warcraft, up until the point the title comes up and it says Warcraft, and it's a good, like, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. It's it's like a Warcraft trailer. It's incredible. Like, it, it's incredible. Gul'dan is... He, by the way, Gul'dan is the best part of that movie. He's an orc warlock it's he just he drinks people's souls and it looks amazing there's some really good stuff in that film crofton don't pass up watching it cuz there are some redeeming things even for a non-warcraft player it's super awesome
1: i would i would almost rather have watched you watching the movie <laughs> <laughs> no no come on there's I some really awesome. good there's some really good stuff I'm in not- there it would just be uncomfortable due to the long erection time. I'd oh be like, God. "Oh, should I be looking away here? I don't, I don't even know." Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about your erection. Okay. No, no, no.
0: Uh, <laughs> You're saying, I, "I, why would I have an erection?" So, I mean, I get why you would. I'm an attractive guy. I just uh, don't know oh why God, I would. And just took another soul. Oh, oh, that's that's, <laughs> that's the stuff right there.
1: Uh, <laughs> all right, November. Call of Duty infinite warfare like I, it's a science fictiony call of mm-hmm. duty yeah. i like again science fictiony stuff maybe this is more my jam than the military stuff but call of duty not generally my thing i'm gonna say one one same as titanfall one uh exclamation mark in fact i'm going
0: to take an exclamation mark from from it as a negative one it owes me
1: now for having given it an anticipatory review
0: negative one exclamation (laughs)
1: mark i'll give you that all right dishonored 2 on Mm. the 11th
0: okay so here's the thing i'm actually stoked for it i own dishonored one paid full price still haven't i've played the first like act or something like very little of it so i downloaded it i'm ready to go and start playing it but i just haven't yet so basically my anticipation level is five exclamation points um I'm really okay. stoked for it, but that it, there's an asterisk there depending on how much I liked playing the first one. If I, in fact, ever
1: play it until 2 comes out. But that looked look, cool. It looked real cool. I like the first one. I really liked it a lot. I like it in a similar way, like almost as much as Deus Ex Human Revolution. Sure. It, similar, They're very similar games in many ways. Um I, but I, I would say that like like if you look at the list for this year, for me, it would be one of the ones on the higher end. I know I will play it. I know I will enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But on on another year, a more stacked year, if you include the beginning of this year, like whereas Uncharted was like five for sure, this this isn't in that sphere for me. So I'm going to say four exclamation marks. All right. All right. I gave it a five. So you give it a
0: four. We'll see
1: who okay. wins. Th- three days later – November 14th is Watch Dogs 2. Okay. Uh, hmm.
0: I don't know how to take this one. This one, well, to me, this one is four
1: question marks. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm going to say three exclamation marks. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Gran Turismo Sport on the 15th. Now, Gran Turismo mm. used to be... a. Like, they'd come out every, like, six or seven years. I'm not into car driving games, but even I recognize that the release of a Gran Turismo is a big deal for a certain audience. But again, for me, this is going to be a zero star, but I know that it's important to somebody.
0: Yeah, zero zero exclamation
1: marks. All right, speaking of the exact same thing except a different audience, Pokemon Sun and Moon 3DS come out on November 18th. There is a lot of 3DS games (laughs) I could have included on this list, but none of them really broke through. Pokemon is a world class franchise in gaming.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: there's there's people there's people that are counting down the days till November 18th. Zero, zero right exclamation
0: now. marks. Do not care.
1: Uh, it's a great game.
0: It's not. It's not that I'm not giving it zero as a game. I'm giving it zero. We said an, anticipation level. Anticipation. Right? Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm zero as well. Zero on Pokemon. So December. Now, normally at this point, all games are out. Sometimes you get one sort of random straggler. Last year, it was Just Cause 3. Mm-hmm. This year, it is South Park, the Fractured Butthole. Five exclamation marks with poo on it. <laughs> I'm going to give South Park, the Fractured Butthole three exclamation marks. And my rationale is really just like I know it will be funny. I know I will enjoy it. I enjoyed the last one, which I almost got to the end of, but then something else came out and I switched. But it, it, really, for me it's, it really
0: missed the, the 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 best part of that. You would have really liked that last act. I mean, for me, it's, tell it's you. the
1: same thing I feel about South Park. It is, is I enjoy South Park. I laugh often, but it's not must see viewing. You know, I'm not like oh, there's a new episode of South Park. I have to watch it. If somebody tells me enough then I will go watch it and I will enjoy it. But it's, it's, it's a licensed property that sits on the peripheries of what I consider important or enjoyable. So because of that, like, I do enjoy it, but it's sort of like a guilty pleasure or whatever. It's not burning up my anticipation major. So that's why three, a very respectable score of three for me. Right. And Bo right. loves him some South Park five. Fog exclamation marks with poo. Okay. The, uh, there's a couple of unconfirmed Poo t- emoji. Poo emoji. Very, very important couple of unconfirmed ones that i wanted to uh just highlight there's the batman uh, w- a virtual one but there's also telltale has one of its, its series this year um they haven't announced any of the release dates but it's bat telltale's batman mm-hmm. and to me uh, after tales from the borderlands which incidentally is super awesome mm-hmm. um then telltale a- anything they do now ju- has jumped up in anticipation it also happens to be that i fucking love batman so telltale plus batman equals five exclamation marks for crofton yeah but will he wait until they're all released or will he buy them one at a time we don't know wait 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 you can't telltale game
0: any game like that it just sucks playing a little fraction of it at a time even though it's usually so good and it's hard to wait but wait i've got walking dead season two that i actually actually i'm gonna go ahead and download that now because i need to play that um, I've been waiting, and the only problem with waiting is sometimes you wait so long you forget to get into it. So wait. Um, I give it five exclamation marks as well.
1: So, uh, and and another one, and this is a portable phone game, but Deus X Deus X Go, and anything with Deus X in, I I tend to. I tend to put on there, and the Go mini subset that Eidos has got going with Tomb Raider and Hitman has been well received. So I'm going to put three exclamation marks for, for Deus Ex Go. I feel like because of my love of Deus Ex, I will buy that yeah, this on is, my super sweet phone. This is
0: five for me, partly because um, you know uh, Scott Johnson, our friend, is a big Go fan. I mean, you know, Deus Ex is, high, but he raves about Go, and I trust his opinion on games, so I'm like bullish on the meeting of the minds of Deus Ex and Go. We are going to have a hit. It's the only iOS game I've ever really wanted, to be honest with you, like, besides from Hearthstone. Like, I, I'm not and a Deus big X. iOS game player. Like, Deus Ex Go.
1: No, like, but Deus Ex is, iOS.
0: Sorry, I meant iOS. Like, like, oh, like oh, mobile right. game. Oh, like yeah. mobile games, da- like, oh, cool, I want to try it. You're never like, I have to play this game. I need Infinity Blade in my life now. Like, It's just they're cool, but you're like, they're mobile games. Like, how good can they be? Like how like my excite given that I have way better experiences on their devices, it's just a convenient way to play pretty awesome games. But this is very specific to mobile and I'm actually like love the Deus Ex universe, so this is something I really want to play. Five exclamation marks.
1: Bo, Bo, question. Like we've now reached the end of the year, we've gone through the through it all. That was a long, long haul. But do you do you feel like optimistic? Do you think, oh man, there's a lot of good stuff coming in the end of, at the end of the year? There's stuff like I know that, you know, Deus Ex Mankind divided, Civ Six, these are games South Park, you gave five to. Mm. I feel like I gave maybe two fives tops. And for me, an end of game season. That's not like there's not much here that's got me super, super excited. And actually, doing it a second time after putting it down the list, where I was like, "Oh, this is pretty good. This is pretty good." Uh, I recognize now that I'm like, "Oh, maybe, maybe it's a bit of a weaker end of year than than I thought." No, I've so, got
0: I've got everything I want from this. I mean, uh, yeah. any any end of year list that has South Park and and Deus Ex in it, uh, pretty good. I'd have to say. Um, you know, a little sad, we're not hearing about a Dead Space 4. I think those guys are working on something different right now. Uh, but I love the Dead Space series, so I wouldn't mind seeing another one of those. Yeah, Visceral's
1: working on Star Wars game, I think. Oh, man. So, Who cares about Star Wars? I <laughs> love Star Wars. Okay, uh, so that wraps up the um, the uh, look at the, the year to come following mm-hmm. E3. Uh, and now let's look at at what's going on with us in the moment of our gaming lives in a segment we call games per min you always
0: talking about making kids minds like vegetables talk about them out on the street smoking pot
1: this is games per minutes how do you
0: feel about cutting his head
1: off all right so this is games per minute all right bo so here we are games we're playing are you playing a great new game no i'm playing heroes of the storm uh, oh, Bo, you are a professional hot player.
0: Well, I don't know about professional, but I do a show about it, and people are into it. Um, notably, though, this week, a lot of activity. Aside from, first of all, we introduced Nexus Jeopardy to the core show, which has been a real riot. Um, I play Gorath Trebek, and I put the other two hosts through. Heroes Jeopardy It's been really fun So I recommend you Check that out Because nobody knows The answers to anything On our show <laughs> uh, It's great I bet you know All the answers Oh I do But that's why I don't get to answer them <laughs> I get to make them And make fools Out of other people In a loving way um, But also I appeared uh, On a duo Q&A With Cal Ferguson Who's like In podcasting The resident like Grandmaster player So we queued up For Hero League together And did a stream We played five games It was real good so twitch.tv slash Kyle Ferguson, check that out. Um, so I got to do that, which was a great honor. And then also I've been playing ranked. I've been playing competitive mode, got seeded at gold one. So now there's divisions in there. I don't think it works quite the same way in um, Overwatch right now. because I'm just trying to analog it because competitive mode also in Overwatch. But I've grinded my way up to diamond. I got diamond five today. So all I've got to do is get from diamond five to diamond one hit my promo match, and I'm a, a Master League player. I'm almost there. <laughs> I'm almost there. We're working our way up. So uh, because that's been my goal this season, which ends like the last week of August, I've made it sort of my goal to hit Master. Um, and a lot of my playtime has been going into Heroes just because it doesn't happen overnight. you got to put
1: in the volume. So, yeah. I get a question. So because they've... In instituted hero or ranked mode in Overwatch. Yeah. Um, and one thing though is that uh, it, it's well good. They have a rank mode, but it's a team game. So, I mean, if if my team sucks, then I get penalized. Like, it's a win or a loss, and it doesn't yeah. matter. So, if you're playing with six of your buddies and you work together and you all go up together, that's great. But what I don't understand is, Heroes of the Storm, I think, is the same deal. So, how do you ensure that you're like going up? Like, if you're not playing with your your regulars, then how do you how do you keep going up?
0: Well, there's two queues. There's two ranked modes. There's team league, where it's 5v5. Five five. So if you have a team of five, you're paired against another team of five. Like, you pre-queued as a party of five. Okay. Otherwise, it's this thing called solo queue, where you you queue solo or duo, so with a partner, and that's it. So I play both. Like, I have a team league team, but we haven't played a lot of team league, so we're sort of just getting started on that. And we have a wide skill level, so that group isn't like... Master League or die. Like, it's more just like we're trying Team League out and it's a chance to play with friends in a more competitive way. Really fun mode. Um, potentially looking at grouping up with some higher skilled players to climb higher in that rank. But the solo queue is for when teammates aren't available or I, I just want a higher level of challenge that's appropriate for me. So the good news, Crofton, is that everyone is solo queue in the same situation you are. It's not like you're going to go up another, against another five stack. Um, so, the matches tend to be more fair, so yeah, so there 's both competitive modes for both like needs i guess
1: okay now that 's cool um yeah. overwatch has launched her competitive mode this past week i 've been like by far playing i feel a bit like bowers i'm i 'm neglecting other games to play overwatch, even mm. though that it 's not like there's it 's not rewarding me with much except that it 's easy to get into. You play for just a little bit. You have some fun. You pull off a play of the game. You pull. You get your tips in the once the cards get flipped at the end. There's little things that offer positive reinforcement. E- each of the players when you're playing with a different character, it sometimes feels like you're playing a whole different game. Sure. The thing I'm not, I'm not enjoying about ranked, I guess, is that people really get on you for not playing. Like if you want to play a certain character or, or, or you're good at a certain character and that does not fit into the structure or they're looking for somebody to be a sniper or they're looking for someone to be a healer, there'll be mass pressure on you to take that character. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not quick enough to select or whatever, for instance, I suck at sniping, and people are like, "Take Hondo or Widowmaker." I'm, I'm like, I'm, not, I'd be useless. Like, why, why are you telling me to do this? You know, but well, uh, people have, I don't know
0: how it works in Overwatch, but I, I, know in Heroes, it's always irritating when somebody can't fill a role, right? Like, and partly it's like, it's like you, everyone's to blame for it. You try to communicate, but when someone's like, "I don't play support," I'm like, "What are you doing in competitive?" Go learn to play all the rules because you don't know what you're going to up playing each match. What are you doing in competitive?
1: Yeah, I guess I sort of think that if you can play like if you can play three fifths of all of them, then you should be able to. You know, you should be fine to play competitive. You can't. Nobody has the time to spend to be awesome at everything if you can get by with more than one role sure. if if somebody's bitching at you yeah. then they should change roles you know or whatever like that's be true. what be they're on what they want to do is what what to ta- and i always get it yeah. as somebody who's playing a role that everybody likes to play that's complaining There's like oh we need a healer and i'm like well why don't you go be the healer or whatever and so uh, so i do find that frustrating Uh, because it's not as big a deal in the regular play mode but the ranked at least has some sort of reward system and you have to play a bunch of matches before it even qualifies you like gives you your ranked position Mm -hmm. so you play like six matches and they're long they're not like regular games they have like two segments to them And, and and the point scoring system is completely different than it than it is in a regular game so um luckily it doesn't waste your time like so if if you for example move a payload to like the third waypoint your team moves it to the third of four waypoints then you get three points out of a possible four and so if you can stop the other team from from getting you know three or four uh then you win but if they get Three and then you can time out. Then it's a tie. It goes to sudden death. If they right. get four, yeah. then they win, right? And but if, if as soon as they pass what you've set, like say they stop you before you even get to the first waypoint, and then on their play they make it to the first waypoint, well they'll just end the game and say they win. They don't make you play out the rest of it, which I think is uh, w- mm. which I think is nice, well thought out. So it's it's there's a lot to like about it. It's just. Um, it it for me I, I feel like um it hasn't they haven't given proper rewards really or or incentivized Overwatch to a large degree, right? So um anyway, still what I'm playing the most of. The other games I'm playing I've been playing a lot of sort of a sort of a, a pack of games. I've been playing Super Metroid on my Nintendo 3DS, mm-hmm. which which I mentioned before. I've gotten past sort of the opening hump, but I still put it down too much to really like get super invested in it. Yeah. I have just played a lot of Metroid, Vania type games. I love them all, but I think Super Metroid's been hyped up too much for me. It's just like it's good, but it's not it's not crazy better than any others that I've played before. Well, so. it's
0: not a complicated formula, right? like you know you make that's, a labyrinth I think, you make
1: different I think it's pretty complicated to design a super match
0: metro, metro okay okay maybe maybe I'm being a little unfair, but I'm just saying like the genre is it's not it's something that's been duplicated number like n a lot of time like Zelda has that Legend of Zelda linked to the pat you know you get this item then you unlock this area you know like that kind of labyrinth and abilities to do things um. Can be good, and if you don't have like a nostalgia for Super Metroid, I could see it being kind of rough to play
1: it, right? You know, like it's. Well, it's it's how does it hold up, and, and the whole point of the experiment too is I know I like Metroidvania's. I'd missed this game. I felt like going back would be a test to see if this game holds up to somebody who doesn't have those nostalgia goggles. And I think it does, honestly. I think it's a really, really good game. But I've heard a lot of podcasters and other people indicate that it is their favorite game of all, all time mm-hmm. and uh and i could see how when it came out maybe it would be impactful but it really is like compared to the types of games we play now and even a lot of the homages to super metroid um are are better or were more I'm, but
0: imagine because we're about to talk about a game called Planet Side one Imagine we're like, that's the greatest game of all time. Imagine someone who's played lots of Call of Duty, never played that game, and trying this one, like you were trying Super Metroid. They'd be like, I don't get it. <laughs> you know, the like,
1: difference is I feel like I'm cognizant about it. Uh, sure. The games that I like that don't hold up or time has passed by, I'm cognizant of their failings. I feel like people who recommend Super Metroid s- extremely passionately they are unaware uh, of the fact that it is not as good as it was back then. And and I feel like that that's – anyway, that's, that's where I'm standing with it right now. I'm not done. Who knows? Maybe I'll have a huge turnaround by the time it's over. But I, I played Metroid Fusion. I played a lot of these uh, ones that have followed it. I just missed it for whatever reason and it is fun. It's just not, you know, as it, – it's not as advertised I guess. So two other games. I start a Fallout 4 um and okay. uh any the, plans on finishing it No well here's the thing is like it 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 sucks because it's the opposite of Overwatch in that it's it's in super involving single player first person shooter and I am um, I played the intro and I want to play more of it I really do but I feel like it's like I felt with the Witcher I have to have like 2 hours at least to sit down and and, and disconnect and, like, get into the world of Fallout. And I just have not had that. So I played the opening, which I felt like I had already played because it was so prominent in advertising. Like, I'd watched the demo videos. Like, the whole way that game begins is very was, – was very promoted. Like, they showed clips of how you create your character and all that. And um, – I I'll, I'll I'll say that like it's just again it's 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 the year of that's the year of The Witcher 3 and I cannot help but compare the two games and it really is not uh, doing it for me in the same way so far mm-hmm. uh, it feels like a game I've already played Fallout 3 uh, except years later uh, and so far it's just like it doesn't feel as adults, as Fallout used to feel, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but we'll see. I, I'm really like the only thing I shot so far, are, like moss and shit, like nothing cool. All right. So I'm still, I'm still very much at the beginning. And the last game I played uh since we last spoke, it's called Life Is Strange, and is I've play, been playing that with my wife. We played through the first episode. It's an episodic series. Um, about a, a like a, a teenage girl who gets like the power to rewind time and all that, and uh, it's it's interesting, uh, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, we're into it. The story's very involving. It has choices, those big choices like the Telltale games, but unlike the Telltale games, it's a little more of a game. Where Tales from the Borderlands was very much like playing a movie,
0: right.
1: Uh, Life is strange. You have big 3D environments. You walk around. There are things you can miss, things you can do, things you can't do. I, You know, I, I feel like it's worth a lot more time, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on games for a minute since I've only played episode one of a five-episode series. Plus, really, Super Metroid, Life is Strange, Fallout 4, you put all the time I played on those three games together and you've got maybe a quarter of what I spent on Overwatch since last show. It's really been the game I've been playing the most. I'm back into tracer bow.
0: Yep. Cheers, love. The cavalry's here,
1: or whatever. <laughs> I, I've, I've gotten I've gotten some crazy kill streaks, and I'm just I'm starting to really get. I'm starting to gel. She sure with her. is a piece of poo, I, but she's totally a character that people will give you shit for playing, because she's like she doesn't fit in. As well, The nice little boxes that they have, you know. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, who's playing Tracer? Switch to Reinhardt or switch to, you know, somebody else. Like, so, I mean, I, I, I'm always getting grief for playing Tracer. But honestly, like, I get behind enemy lines and I stir shit up, Bo. I stir shit up. <laughs> That's what she's and there then, to do. That's- and then our, t- our team wins because I'm causing shit. With Tracer, she's a good solo player for a guy like me, so yeah,
0: she's up your alley too. She, if you don't win, at least you can be trolley by just you know, they can't kill you very easily because you're bleeping around in their back line. So, it's
1: I tell you, I bleep so... in their back line all day long. Oh, well done. All
0: right, well, uh, those are the games we've been playing. Uh, now I think we are going to talk a little bit about um, another game that we've played a lot of, and that actually. <sighs> There's one fine dialogue tree. That's such a such a creepy bumper. <laughs> it's like when I think of it, there's nothing exciting about it. It's just all of a sudden it's sawing, <laughs> but it's a dialogue tree where we talk about a subject in the forefront of our minds, maybe all gamers' minds, but sometimes just us. And this week, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a selfish dialogue tree because it's it's probably not many people out there who love PlanetSide One as much as we do. And sad news uh, happened, Um, I guess Daybreak Games now, uh, formerly Sony Online Entertainment, has decided to shut down the massively multiplayer online first-person shooter. Really a -a one-of-a-kind game, been online since 2003, and it is down for good. And they celebrated uh, a few weeks ago, or weeks ago? Yesterday, yesterday from three days ago. Three days ago, they closed down the server and they had a giant meteor shower. Uh, yep, there were meteor showers that could randomly happen in that game. So if you're just walking around enjoying the sunny day, all of a sudden a bunch of meteors could take a shit on you and you'd die. It was great.
1: Um, so it's closed. Game over, the, man. I feel so annoyed with myself that I missed the closing event. Me you too. Know, like Me the, too. I'm pissed. It's, it, it's just... Uh, so for for... Those of you who haven't listened to a previous episode where we've gushed about this game, it just so happens that Bo and I and, and others played uh, this game, Planetside 1, which is now much more well-known due to its sequel that's also struggling. Um, but at the, you know for a long time it was an incredibly cult game. It was before everybody really had uh, access to dial-up and high-speed internet and computers that were able to perform – to allow for a first person shooter where pretty much everybody's well everybody's a real person and um there were three factions it's the equivalent of playing like a game like command and conquer or star star trek, uh star trek Uh, StarCraft except playing one of the individual units and you could get certified to drive tanks or to drive planes or whatever. But you couldn't necessarily do everything at all times and um, you could repair, you could do all sorts of different things and it just really – for me personally – when making a list of my favorite games of all time, it's it's right up there at the very top, and uh, and part of that happens to be just the moments that I had with playing. You know, everybody has a game like that. It's the moments, the time it came out in your life, the people you're playing with it. Everything sort of just merges together serendipitously. And for for me, Planet Side One was that game. It's like I'm not a big online gamer. I generally like single player games. I like console games often. And this game just it just so happened that it was the exception to the rule, but in a huge way. And so I, I really like. Uh, I can't say enough good things about it. I recognize its failings. Um, I recognize that like if if even if it was running tomorrow, and I said, hey go play Planet Side. it's awesome. You would play it and you'd be like, this game sucks, Crofton, what's wrong with you? And I understand why you would see that. And uh, it, it, But at the time, it was just, you know, for me, the hotness. Six, 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 six years
0: of intense play for me. Because like, I know we all like the game, but you know that I put a lot of time into the games I really liked. And I remember getting Command Rank 5, putting in a week of... 10 to 15 hour days grinding out command experience cuz it was very hard to get you had to capture base and that took an army and it took 15 minutes uh, sometimes or a sweet LLU run to get the you know the to get oh, the man, base LLUs LLU are... runs yeah yeah or you know going into the caverns and you know you would get you wouldn't get as many command experience but you could flip those a little quicker in the caves I spent a lot, a lot of time. I fact I don't think there's any game that will ever match the amount of time I spent in Planet Side One, nor the f- sense of playing with people, not just you guys, but I met people in there as well. And playing as part of a group. And Planet Side Two didn't really capture this for me, although I'm sure I'm sure there are groups out there having fun. They really didn't capture... Planet Side Two is not the game Planet Side One was, unfortunately. It has a lot of the same things. Way too Call of Duty style. Um it was just all the little things like hacking doors open and dropping generators and doing crazy weird things in that game, flying maxes, vanu maxes. It was, it was just it was be- incredible. And it was and between, sad. Like,
1: it's an era over for me. It's between the... Um, the it, it was in a time where massive multiplayer online role-playing games were huge. It was just like World of Warcraft was about to kick the doors wide open, but even before that, EverQuest... Um, Ultima Online, uh, Dark Age of Camelot—all these games were really drawing people in at that time. And but there was nothing; it was they were all the same type of game, which was like a, a role-playing a game, and th- that worked well with the internet access people had. Meanwhile, games like Half-Life were, were reinventing what people thought about first-person shooters. And, and and this was sort of a mix of both. And it's odd because like you go back and you play it, and you have an inventory, and it's. Yeah. An in- it's an inventory a lot like you would see in one of these games, like Ultima Online or whatever. You'd you had these you'd have to crouch and be like going through your backpack and, and figuring some stuff and out. And you
0: could loot other people's backpacks. So when you killed a guy with your OP Terran weapon you could loot their backpack and then hunt them down and kill them with their own
1: sweet OP weapon. It was great. But I loved doing that. At the time, <laughs> what was so odd about that was that or, – or people rebelled against it because or, – or felt that it wasn't enough because they were used to looting items from their, their games, like killing a dragon that they staked out for like months as a waits to respawn and then they kill it and they get a rare drop. Mm -hmm. Whereas the items that you got in Planetside were not rare drops. They were just the standard equipment that anybody else had and you could loot from them. But The idea being like if you'd used up all your med packs and you're like in, in a sticky spot you loot a, a guy you take his med pack or you yeah. you know is as, as Bo pointed you could take you could take enemy weaponry um and you could put it in your locker and you could break it out and sometimes that would change the dynamic of battles but it wasn't what big rpg players wanted and it wasn't what big shooter players would want it because it wasn't necessarily a super tight shooter Bo, we have to admit that no right? no it it,
0: it, it, it like
1: Call of Duty was already, you know,
0: that was already becoming a thing, too. It was precision shooters, and this game was very much I want to say die roll bla- based. Like, if you had your cone of uh, if you had your, your reticle over, your, your your cone of fire bloom, over the guy, it would die roll, like RPG style, and if you die rolled, you'd hit, or if you wouldn't. Like, you just have to you know, the whole idea behind precision aiming, like in games now, was not a thing in Planetside 1. People complained about it a lot, but once you got used to the system, it was pretty good. Like it felt like a shooter. But yeah, it was um ah, that game was so much fun. I wish they I really wish they did it right because it's it's more like Overwatch is than than the current Planet Side 2 iteration in that it's really gimmicky guns and really gimmicky factions but in this balanced competitive massive environment, right? Like but everything's got to be fun and unique. Like the Vanu Lasher is so different than the Terran mini chain gun or the maxes all played so differently. This asymmetrical design where even in like StarCraft terms, you've got Terran, Zerg, and Protoss, in the Planet Side speak, that was the same. Everyone had different weaponry that behaved very differently, but ultimately was supposed to be balanced. And you know, everyone would complain about OP factions or whatever, but for the most part it was really fun. So all the guns in Planetside 2 feel the same for the most part. They You point at places and they shoot and maybe they have a different color on them. There isn't much variety to the gimmickness. And it's true. And there's no gimmickies about hacking doors open about giving reses and about as Crofton likes to point out the, one of the best, his favorite parts I'm speaking for you here, is is showing the animation of climbing
1: in and out of vehicles which they don't do in Planet Planetside 2. You just instantly pop in. The immersive um, faction was, yeah. the immersive factor of Planet Side One was very high. You saw those little animations of what yeah. your character was doing. And you you also like every character in the universe of Planet Side was a real person as opposed to other MMORPGs that had NPCs in them. Um, I'd say one thing, like p- putting aside Planet Side One for a second, this this really does strike a bigger thing that, that is that is gonna affect more and more people. Uh, as we go forward, which is the death of a game uh, that it runs based on its online servers. Right. There's no other way to play Planet Side 1 except online with hundreds and thousands of people. And it's been online in a skeletal way for the past. I don't know how many years you could go on. Planetside one, it was free to download, and you'd walk around, and there maybe be two other people out there doing the same shit as you, trying to get a like their nostalgia on. And then eventually, you know, it got taken off life support. And I understand it, but what's what saddens me is just that that game will never exist. If they make another sequel, that's great. But Planetside one, well, if I if I like the guy who wants to play Super Metroid again you can just you can now download it on the virtual console you can get it going like these old classics they will be preserved forever in some fashion or another uh, but it, video game preservation is is a big topic but it's never really hit home for me like it has with Planet Side One I will never get to play Planet Side One again I will never get to hear the sanctuary music or whatever all the little things that would elicit an emotional response for me like yes, maybe somebody could launch a private server. Maybe that'll happen mm. at one point, but probably it's never going to draw an active group of players. It's just going to be gone, and like that moment's passed. And I had a really good time, but but uh, I do lament for those types of games, I, the games that are online only and and, and that can no longer exist. Um, so I you know I I, I hope. For your sake, listeners, if you have a game like that, that uh, it sticks around.
0: Yeah, a lot of games die and it's very sad. The biggest, the one that's going to send the biggest ripples is the day World of Warcraft shuts down, if it ever does.
1: I will tell you that I believe that World of Warcraft, and you saw it last year with the preservation movement of of, of running a a vanilla WoW server. Yeah, it got shut down this year. I think that there. I think that it, Blizzard is a company that supports games for a really long time. We know that they still have a classics division and all that. But but also, I think that there's going to be a, a such there was such a huge community of Warcraft players that I think that private servers and all that will be run after the game eventually closes its doors. I wouldn't worry about it like I worry about PlanetSide.
0: Like once it becomes abandonware or whatever. Yeah, I'm totally into that. Well, you know, maybe there's hope for PlanetSide. Or maybe, you know, I always have this dream, and let me share it with you now, that I make my own Planetside video game. Not like part two or part three, just a brand new IP, but capturing the spirit of the original Planetside, Um, but, you know, just having it to have to be original stuff, but not that it's that hard to come up with, like, lore-wise, whatever. Here's green guys, and here's maroon guys, or like, you know... We can handle all that stuff. That's not the challenge. It's just I know nothing about programming and have no funds. But Kickstarter is always a thing, so you never know. But uh, I, I don't I've know. Because I I've feel always, like
1: no one's going to do it. I have to do it. That's. I've always felt that you – and when they were developing Planet Side 2, I felt this as well. And and I it, it's frustrating because they – they said during the developer diaries you know they had a vision and all this and that you couldn't just remake planet side 1 and planet side 1 failed for a reason and all this sort of stuff so using the same sort of things wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily work i'm not convinced that that's true i'm not con- I, no it's planet I, side 1 was not a failure i like, i think <laughs> that if you rebuilt the exact same game with modern day graphics and, and just the one thing you'd have to change is the control like um the the movement and control scheme like the aiming scheme I'm not saying but, but, iron hey, sights wait. or whatever I'm just saying you'd have to make it like it was very hitboxy back then you know uh, like you'd but, have to change that a bit but, like here's how wrong they were they make planet side 2 all of their guns
0: have iron sights right like the call of duty crowd likes overwatch comes out a few years later and no iron sights it plays like planet side 1 none of the guns guns have aim down sights except widowmaker Overwatch makes billions or you know what I mean like like the problem isn't that planet side one had those the problem is the developer I'm sorry to say the problem is like the developer not believing in their product and pushing regular updates part of that games culture is is that these online games are iterative and need updates and need TLC and needs to be an ongoing service especially to justify a sub cost which is not going to happen anymore that was the thing with Planetside. The updates for Planetside 2, they weren't fast and furious. How long did it take us to get a third continent? What was the yeah. long-term development plan? They put out a roadmap, and they failed to deliver a second time. Always been the problem with Planetside franchise. Here's this great game. It's great idea. Let's not release anything new ever. Oh, well, there's problems with the game. It's like, well, you don't freaking release stuff for it. What do you want? Like, you know, so... I feel like if you're going into game development now and you're creating an online game, it isn't enough just to build an online space. You need to have like a 5 to 10 year plan about what you're you're releasing your content in dribs and drabs to keep people invested. You can't launch the whole enchilada at once. And it didn't look like they did with planets. I Do because there's only 3 continents in a game that originally had like 10 plus extra. Hello, and then uh, I don't know, I, I think that fourth continent finally came but too late. Too late. And Overwatch ate their supper.
1: Yeah, it well, see, the thing is Overwatch too is a different type of game. Like, I wouldn't say that it scratches my planet side itch at no. all, really. It's a, it, it it's just a it's a different No, you but, know, it's but a but different it, it type It has of game. that
0: fun factor of the combat, the one v one dueling, which was a thing yeah. in Planet Side One, like Trying to be better than the other person, being like, oh, he got me when the guy gets you, or when the other, you know, like there's that, yeah. that feeling of the way combat happens to me, reminds me of Planetside Planet Side 1 because it's not precision. It's not aim re- down sights all the time with that game. It's like, oh, I got a weird hook and I punched you or something. Like, it's cool shit. But
1: it, it's rock, paper, scissory. Like, sure. if you're a Max and you walk around the corner and you're fighting an engineer, odds are you're going to win. If you're, like, you know, if you're uh, McCree and you come around the corner and you're fighting Tracer, you're probably going to win, you know, like yeah. – those are – there's a little bit of rock, paper, scissory, and I, I like that. It's knowing knowing when to stay, knowing when to run and all that. Well, and then so – because of the
0: rock, paper, scissor nature, that's where you build your team comps up, which team comps were a thing and your squads planet Planetside, right? Yeah. Like, we'd do that. Mike was our thumper user. So we had, yeah. like, area clear when they were wall-hugging. We'd be like, shoot your plasma grenades in there, and then when they came out, we'd bow
1: them down. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's fair. I rest see in the peace, Side One. You were
0: a brilliant game, and screw Sony Online, who says there's problems with you. The problem was them; it wasn't the game. So,
1: yeah, I, rest I'm in just, peace, my friend. I don't want I don't want to turn to anger on this. I I just I, I really uh, miss, I'm gonna miss Planet Side One. It hasn't been a major part of my life for a long time, but I like kind of knowing it was out there, and I'm I'm sad that it's gone, and hopefully there'll be a, a replacement for it. Uh, Sometime I feel like that, that that's something that will come in due course another another daring developer will make a big uh, online open space that they update and that it just will probably be a, a better equipped company I hope in the future so. Uh, with the dialogue tree now fallen, we must move into one of the final parts of our show it 's the the part where we answer the question if you should spend your cash or if if your thing is just vendor trash, and that is inventory management. challenging and inexact science
0: all right so what have we got today let me let me take let me step up to the bat first um sure. for recommendations i'm going to recommend watchdogs number one uh this game first of all not a big open world game player didn't finish any of the gtas uh definitely loved the hacking angle and i really got a kick out of the first watchdogs and because the second watchdogs is on the way If it's a game that you're interested in getting into but not sure if you're going to want to jump into the story, I kind of recommend playing the first one. It's not clear if they're going to link up in any way because it looks like you're playing a new character in the second game, but it will give you a strong sense of the kind of vibe you're going for, which is a mix of hacker uh, cyberpunk culture with a GTA criminal. You're more of a vigilante, but you'll be interacting a lot with the criminal underworld. Um, so it has that GTA vibe to it without the farce, without the, you know, just run over people because it's fun and whatever. Like It's it's a game that takes itself seriously, and uh, it's cool. My favorite part about Watch Dogs is the random... You can tap into a phone and find out someone's planning to kill some other person, and you can be a total hero and stop it, all because you hacked a cell phone and got the information. Those parts are cool. That part of the game I found... Fun and interesting to do. Um, So, yeah. And you never know. You hack into a person's phone, you might find uh, some dirty phone sex there, too. That was always kind of funny. I was always like, whoa, this game's pretty adult. (laughs) So, it's gritty. It's got a good storyline. Well, it's got an okay storyline. not going to overhype it, but it's definitely a recommend. Pretty fun game.
1: Watch Dogs. Play it. I liked... um... I liked Watch Dogs. I, I'm not, I'd be on my borderlines, but I think I would, rec, I would recommend it as well. Um, I'm gonna cop out. Well, not it's not necessarily a cop out, but I normally like to finish a game before I recommend it. And Overwatch apparently has no end. No. So uh, so I feel I have played enough of it. I don't think I've given it an, an official recommend on this show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna make it. And I know that it, a lot of people have been asking. But, because people have explained how Star Wars Battlefront, or Evolve, or these always online shooters, Titanfall, they have no campaign, and and people will re- resist them. And uh, e- even though they they're charging sixty dollars, they've got all these feet, you know, all these mm-hmm. online modes to play. Meanwhile, Overwatch is literally the same thing. Has no campaign. Has very basic like maps. They're not like huge hoth sized indoor sized maps. They're you know fairly small. Um, very confident art style. Very limited scope in, in many ways. And and nobody's shitting on it. Nobody's like, oh man, I can't believe they're only selling you this because they're charging a. On console, they're charging sixty, seventy bucks or whatever. Like, uh, I I got a, a cheaper version on PC, but uh, but I have to say, they've just they've ju- they've just hit that fun nirvana. They've all all their their research is well done. They polished everything to a she- to a sheen, and uh, a- and you're just gonna have fun. So it's totally worth your money. Um, it's, I've made the comparison before. It's like street fighter two of shooting games. Uh, and I, I, I very much recommended there's always room for, for, uh, poor player, first person shooter players to advance first person shooter players. There's different classes you can play. They've just launched a competitive mode. You don't have to play the competitive mode. You can play the quick play fun mode. You can play against AI bots. If you want to feel like a God, I do that sometimes. Um, (laughs) But all, all in all, I, at its current price point, at the quantity you're going to get, and Blizzard's still releasing stuff, I, I'm no Blizzard fanboy by any means, but I would definitely uh, give Overwatch two thumbs up. It's a recommend. All right.
0: So here's your recommendations this week,
1: Overwatch and Watch Dogs.
0: Uh, a lot of watching, incidentally. It's hmm. true. Uh, L- Illuminati watching. confirmed. <laughs> okay. Would all right. Mentioned? Well, that's our, our recommendations, Crofton. You want to give people the spiel? You know, the spiel about where to find us and what to do when you see one of us? uh, Get a gun.
1: EXMPodcast.com is where you can find all our episodes. Uh, Tell your friends. Tell them to go there. Tell them to go on the Google Play Store. Tell them to go on the iTunes Store and subscribe. Tell them to go to twitch.tv slash EXMPodcast and follow us on Twitch. Maybe you'll find out when we go live. That'd be awesome. Uh, You could also just you know, send us an old-fashioned email at exmpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you want us to talk about in the video game space. Otherwise, we're going to talk about games like Planet Side 1, and you're going to be like, what is this game? I've never heard of it. I'm 12. Why are they swearing? <laughs> um, all those questions can be sent to podcast at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash podcast, Throw your likes at us. You'll always get updated when a new episode goes up. Um, and uh, we're on the Twitter at EXM Podcast. we're on the Twitter there you can tweet at us and we would love to hear from you but you know we're also um, we also have a sister podcast or a brother podcast I can't decide it's a, it's go- it's a little androgynous uh, goodbadbull.com uh, is where you find it it's called Good, Bad, or Bullshit it's where Bo Schwartz, Croft and & Steers and their handicapped friend Michael Hodgins get together to deliver (laughs) verdicts on a variety of topics uh, selected at random. Also and finally and above all, Bo and I are individuals of individual natures and uh, you can follow us individually online on the Twitters. I'm at Crofted Steers. Bo?
0: You can find me at Bo Schwartz on Twitter and all the good stuff that I'm up to so go there.
1: He's up to a lot of good stuff, folks. A hmm. lot of good stuff. Some bad. Mostly good. Mostly good. He's volunteering at his soup kitchen tomorrow. I'm just kidding. He's playing Heroes of the Storm. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That's all the stuff. That's The show's over, I guess. Oh, wait. I think do there's another thing, isn't there, Bo? There is another thing. Are you ready for it? I, I think I'm ready for it. Is it the Master Game Theater Quote of the Week? Oh, you betcha. <laughs>
0: It's now time for Master Game Theater. Man, that British accent makes me cry tears of embarrassment. It's so bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it was you, Bo. You didn't? Um- I did I'm oh. lying to protect your Th- thanks for fears. trying
0: to give me the lie that would help save my feelings alright okay, you want to set this one up yep so uh, guess what guys Overwatch pretty cool game and also pretty cool cinematics season 1 of the cinematics were amazing and we're going to perform one because why the hell not uh, we've done one before but uh, this stuff is uh, gold gold I tell you it's gold Jerry it's gold uh, what's that guy's name again Dunlop no Banyan. Banya. 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 Anyways. Kenny gold, Banya. Jerry. That's gold. All right. Um, so which role would you like to play today? Alejandra, the little girl, or Soldier 76, the Batman I, impersonator? I think we know that I'll be the little girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, this is from the short accompanying play Overwatch called Hero. We're in uh, Soldier 76 has uh, just saved a little girl from um, Los Muertos, uh, a local gang. Uh, Whenever you're ready, Crofton and EXM listeners, thanks for tuning in and listening. And now we leave you with this.
1: You saved me. Why?
0: Old habits die hard, I guess. Run home, kid. It ain't safe out here.
1: You're one of those heroes, aren't you?
0: Not anymore.
1: I think you are. podcast over the show is over